Welcome to Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast. All of the material discussed on our podcasts have specific themes, and that's to move your wealth and lifestyle forward, increase your purpose, and provide you with clarity and confidence. Opus's mantra is always forward. We have found that regardless of one's wealth, moving your lifestyle forward is the number one priority for our clients. On our podcast, we'll share our rich 35 years of experience in designing strategies, share clients' experiences, and introduce resources that have positively impacted our clients. We trust that you will enjoy our direct, transparent, and realistic approach to positively impacting the quality of you and your family's lives. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Opus Well Style Podcast here with my partner, Evan Wall. Evan. We did it. We hit 10,000 episode downloads. I'm very excited about that. Unbelievable. We just keep doing these things. I know. It's amazing. So uh, to you, the listening audience, thank you for tuning in and for downloading our podcast. We're, we, you know, Hopefully, you've been finding this valuable over the last several years. Uh, we just hit a decent milestone of 10,000 downloads, so we're very, very excited about that. So today, we're going to do something a little different. Um, we're going to we're going to share with you the top three downloaded episodes, our general thoughts around them, some of our favorite kind of key takeaways, and then uh, share as we're recording this in December of 2023, uh, 2023's most listened to episodes. So um, we're, we're super excited about that. And again, thank you for being uh, loyal listeners. We appreciate it. Um, and I, so and that- I just have to say that I've only, I think this is my first year doing this, right? I've I think so. Start earlier this year. It's been awesome. I've loved it. Loved, like had some awesome guests on here and got really great feedback from a lot of people. So just appreciate you and appreciate the the proud mouth team for helping us make this happen. Yeah, for sure. It's been, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun and we'll, we'll continue to do it as long as we keep having fun. So that's right. So the first, or we'll, we'll start, we'll go, we'll go ascending order. So we're going to start with the number three most listened to episode um, is one from 2021. Uh, Mark Klein, uh, a highly regarded attorney that shared some different insights on what you really need to do to be preparing yourself to move across state lines permanently. And for me, you know, it was interesting. I've like, when we were having Mark on the podcast and have the conversation, most people think you just need to be, you know, in that other state one more day past half a year, right? Mm-hmm. How many um, days is that? I think it's 100 and, <laughs> 180 days. I appreciate you, you know, and, and so it, just one extra day and then, you know, the state that you just left to reduce the taxes is going to be completely okay. And it's, it's couldn't be further from the truth, right? I mean, he was talking about, you know, making sure that you have a new primary care doctor in your new state and, you know, a new library card and joining a gym and making sure that you're tracking everything diligently and that you've got your properties and your entities and what's the, you know, your, the state that you're leaving going to look at. It was way more complex than just living in a state one more day than half the year. It's being able um, to kind of like pass an audit, right? That that you you live there full time. Oh right? yeah, hundred percent. And if you live in the state of New York, you know, and you're moving, like a lot of folks did, especially mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. COVID. But you know, move down south for a state that you know has no income tax, no no state income tax. That made a difference, right? Big and time. and so yeah. everybody is thinking, I'll just move to Florida and then it'll be fine. 
Um, the main reason my parents were able to retire when they did was because they moved their residency from New Jersey to to Florida and dropped their state income tax on pension and retirement stuff. Yeah. And, and that allowed them to, to retire. And so they got new license, Florida license plates. My dad loves collecting receipts. So he's in, you know, he's in good shape there, but you know, there's, there's lots of tools. There's a, someone told me once there's a, a mobile app that will track where you were when you made every call. Yes. Um, yep. so, and which yep. of course you could show the, the, the IRS. Yeah. That was another app that the Mark had mentioned on the phone, on the, on the podcast. And, and Russ was big into that app because he was using it as he made his transition down to Florida. Um, and so, you know, he's like, listen, it needs to ping on that cell tower to make sure that I'm in this area. And if they ever audit me, I've got all this stuff, but it really is important to kind of have a game plan, right? The, again, it's not simply just, you know, saying I'm going to move down there, you know, be there half the year. It's that you have to come up with a strategic plan on how and where you're going to live your life. So that was a huge value add, I think, for our listening audience, as we have a lot of clients that are have either already mm -hmm. done it or are considering doing it as part of their their retirement strategy or their tax strategy. So um, it, it was certainly valuable and we, we got a ton of feedback on it. For so sure. what, what was the title of that one? Do you remember? That was uh, what to know about moving across state lines with Mark Klein. Cool. We'll uh, again, Mark, Mark is, Mark is the expert in, in tax planning for, for that, for that purpose. So uh, again, we were super excited and lucky to have them and, and yeah, we're, we're, we were excited to look back on that one. The number two most downloaded episode of all time is designing your next phase of life in retirement. And that was also in 2021. Ev, as you kind of listened to that one, what are the things that you kind of took away most from it? So retirement planning is complex, right? How You, you don't know how long you're going to live. You want to, most people would want to maximize their time in retirement as retired early as possible, but but not too early because then you might run out of money. And there's so many unknowns of what is the market about, what is the market going to do, taxes, inflation, so on and so forth. And so financial planning from a retirement, you know, retirement planning from a financial aspect in and of itself is complex enough. So you don't really want to be worried about your finances in retirement, first and foremost. But, you know, it's one thing you get used to you have your purpose in life more often than not is around maybe family or your work, what you do all day, every day. And then if all of a sudden that that goes away because maybe the kids are out of the house and suddenly you're not working 40, 50 hours a week like you were, what are you doing with your time? And so it's really important that you find purpose in retirement, just like you did in your working career. Again, whether that's through family, maybe you start to have grandkids at that point, charity or hobbies, golf, you know, so being social with friends. I know my parents moved down to Florida, like I mentioned, only six months of the year, six months in a day. And they're, my mom, they're, they're so social. It's incredible. Every time I talk to them, they're telling me it's like summer camp, you know, they're going that. out to dinner with friends and going to my, my mom does chair yoga and uh, my dad plays golf five days a week. And so they find, they find purpose in, in keeping busy and, you know, maintaining social relationships and, you know, how many studies have we heard? It's social relationships, not just family, but friends, just having an abundance of meaningful relationships, not necessarily quantity, but quality yeah. relationships is really what keeps people going and, and living a longer life. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, again, it's, it's that, that sort of waking up in the morning and having some place to go and what am I going to do with myself? And, and, you know, we, we, I've seen people 
have another job because they're literally like, I don't, I don't know what to do with myself, you know, in retirement there, you know, I I've had plenty of conversations with clients, including me. like, I can't imagine myself just playing golf all day. Like mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. can't, you know, mm -hmm. I've, I've got to do something. I imagine I'm going to work until I can't any longer. Um, and not by choice, um, uh, for me personally, but you know, it, it'll obviously be a reduced schedule. I won't work nearly as many hours as I do today or the, you know, it will look different, but I'll be going someplace. I'll be definitely, um, you know, that, that will be the way I will live in retirement. No question. You know, whether that's more mentorship or more charity work or whatever it might be, but there's going to be structure to my day. Cause I'm definitely one that just can't get up and like meander around. <laughs> it will, uh, it will not work out well for me. I'm with you. I'm with you. There's, there's some very generous, very <laughs> successful guys in our office who now spend their time mentor mentoring where they could, yeah. they certainly do not have to, you know, yeah. they, they can go do whatever they want with their time. And, you know, it's, it's definitely nice to give back to the community and pass on wisdom. Yeah, definitely. And so for the number one, most downloaded episode was another, was one in 2020, what to consider when reviewing your attending physician contracts. So in that particular episode, we had an attorney come on and share a little bit more about how to how to review a contract specifically for those that are graduating from residency or fellowship and they're about to get that big attending job what are the big sort of gotchas or nuances inside of a contract that they really need to understand before signing it or ways that they can kind of again negotiate on their behalf um, which was which was really really valuable and i think when I looked back on that episode and I've had conversations with a number of clients that are physicians over the years on this podcast was the concept of tail coverage. For those that don't know or haven't had a chance to listen to the, to the, to the podcast, tail coverage is essentially liability insurance that covers you while you are a physician, right? So if I'm a practicing physician at X, Y, and Z hospital and I'm treating a patient if I'm there and the patient has a bad experience and they sue me in the hospital, I'm generally going to be covered under the liability insurance of that hospital. That makes sense. If I go to ABC hospital now, after leaving XYZ hospital, I go to this new hospital, usually the next, the next hospital's coverage will cover me for my, you know, my next job. The concern is, let's say I have a new job at ABC hospital. And after I'm already at the new hospital, my previous patient at XYZ hospital sues the hospital and me while they were previously a patient, that tail coverage will either cover me or won't. And that liability could be X amount of years later. So your new hospital's liability coverage will not protect you against an event that happened at a previous job in hospital, right? So it's very important to understand. She was explaining an incident where she had a physician that this happened to where he, he got a new job and a patient sued him in the hospital that he previously worked at. His new hospital didn't cover him. His old hospital didn't cover him. Their tail coverage ended or their coverage ended as soon as he left the hospital. Mm -hmm. So he was on the hook for that entire lawsuit. 
That's terrible. Right? So the idea is if your new hospital doesn't provide it or your previous hospital doesn't provide it, you really should consider going and acquiring tail coverage to help you protect against the liability of where you used to work. And again, this is something that you would never think about or consider, yeah. but it's a big consideration that should be included in contracts. How long do you how long do you keep that in force after you leave a previous employer? You know, that's a good question. I'm not I'm not really sure. I, I think it's probably, you know, policy based, but yeah, I, I'm not I'm not quite sure. And I, I don't know what the statute of limitations might mm-hmm. look like on a previous, you know, patient, right? So at at some point you probably aren't liable for somebody you treated 20 years ago. I don't know what that number looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I, and it may, may depend on, on each state perhaps, but, um, definitely something to have as part of your considerations. You know, if you are in a, a, a physician, you know, about to become an attending, you know, acquiring or looking for that tail coverage. Cause I, I just think there's so much liability there, you know, and, and you may be completely, unprotected and think that again, you're void of the liability, but it's, it's definitely there. Gotcha. Definitely there. I think the, the other thing sort of in general, when, when looking at those contracts that we talked about was the non-compete, right? So if you most, as you're, you're, you're dealing mostly with, with uh, ad sales executives and sort of marketing, Mm -hmm. if there's a non-compete, right, it's, it's, this industry, I'm not really allowed mm-hmm. to work, or maybe they name some specific competitors for a period of time. And the, and the way that the non-compete works in the medical space is it's typically by geography. So you might be like, okay, like there's a X mile radius, but if it's like a 15 mile radius, like all of Manhattan is out of the, yeah. out of the picture. If you're mm-hmm. in a large city like Manhattan, the other problem is as hospital groups consider continue to get purchased by others. Mm-hmm. How do you know that there, you know, the non-compete area you were working with was completely fine when you started your contract, but then your hospital just bought six other practices that expanded the reach. And now I can't work, you know, for in this entire state, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So just trying to figure out like what's that non-compete look like? Can we reduce it down to a particular area so that if I want to go work outside, even if they do continue to hire? or acquire, excuse me, outside of that space, can I, can I work? So those are like the key pieces that I think people don't even negotiate and they don't have anything to do with salary or mm-hmm, call mm-hmm. or bonus. It has nothing to do with the compensation. It's more about like, what happens when I want to leave this place? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so for me, those were like my big key takeaways from, from that podcast for sure. For sure. You know, as we kind of pivot, Right. And again, we're wrapping up 2023 here. We want to have a conversation about our top three favorite episodes from this year. Um, And I know this one was particularly exciting for both of us because Tom Hegna is a legend. Um, So number three most downloaded episode for 2023 was guaranteed income for a happy retirement with Tom Hegna. So I'll let you take this one. I mean, this one, this one was cool. First of all, Tom's just a character in the, in the nicest, best way possible. So he's, he's a great, you know, public speaker, entertainer. Um, so you could, it's easy to listen to him, but so many great insights. I mean, the fact that people with, uh, guaranteed in, with more guaranteed income actually statistically live longer. I mean, isn't that, isn't that incredible? It's wild. Uh, that, that the relationship between guaranteed income, whether it's from pension, social security, annuities, whatever, the more guaranteed income you have, 
the longer you're likely to now there's I'm sure there's many reasons that go into that. One of the funny ones that uh that Tom mentioned was these people just want to get their money's worth, right? So maybe they're they're fighting a little harder <laughs> to stay active. I don't know how yeah. true that is, but you know, they're people are staying active and and staying happy. And so listen, the, the, life is too short. And if you could <laughs> make retirement work financially and be happy at the same time, I mean, you know, that's kind of the end goal, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, he's provided so much great insight on retirement income uh, over the years. And and some of it is just very, it's all fact-based and very logical, but he definitely adds like a, a pleasant, happy spin to it. Because, you know, the idea is to actually not just have a retirement where you don't run out of money, but a happy retirement. Yeah. Right. You know, I think we very much focus on both ends of that spectrum when we are doing our planning, not just like, hey, I promise you won't run out of money, but you know, you've got to be clipping coupons and 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 uh not like there's anything wrong with that, but you know, really needing needing to have the least mm-hmm. amount of expenses in order for you to not run out of money. So mm-hmm. um again, I really, really, you know, I just see Tom's face every time I see his name and he makes me smile. So it's it's good to see him. And then number two on the list is how to get a sales job from uh, with John Davis. And so John is a buddy of mine from, from college. Um, really, really excited to have him on to kind of share what he's up to. He continues to have success in the speaking space and, and really driving a lot of opportunities for people you know, in the sales industry. Um, I've actually got an opportunity to link him up with another client of mine who runs um, another sales consulting firm. So for me, I, I think John's take on just how to approach those conversations, how to interview correctly um, is just so practical and so poignant in today's world of, of interviewing virtually um, and, and sales roles being one that almost will always be available. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you're a good salesman in X, Y, and Z company or, or saleswoman in X, Y, and Z company, your, your skill set can translate to so many different places and yeah. so many different companies. Everybody's going to need sales. Everybody wants to drive sales. So if you're unhappy in one spot, there's likely a good fit in another company. Um, but I just thought his his timing was was like spot on um, for, for when this got released earlier this year. So and he has um, great resources. He just re- didn't he just release his book right before then, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great resource online. Again, his his uh it was an Amazon bestseller. Mm-hmm. Um so super proud of him and, and just very excited to kind of have that that content out there as well. And then the number one downloaded episode for the year um, is a recent one that we did with a good friend of ours, Rob Weintraub, uh, the timeless artistry and history of watches. And, and, and you know, I thought that this was a, a really cool conversation. What'd you think? It was so cool. And I got to, <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest here, as I always am. I was surprised. First of all, the conversation was great. Loved it. Like he, he's very insightful and obviously very knowledgeable about watches. But between the two of us, you know, you're the more the watch guy. I don't even wear a watch. I'm wearing a a whoop bracelet. (laughs) And so like you said, you know, do we want to have him on and and talk about watches? Like, yeah, sure. That sounds, sounds interesting. It might be a few people that are interested in that. And like, was I wrong? Like so many people came up to me, commented afterwards, or just in regular conversation. We're like, Hey, I'm trying to get this Rolex or, you know, obviously after we had the conversation, so many more people, like I'm, I'm realizing all around me are just kind of like interested or trying to get watches that they can't get. And so I've been passing that, that podcast on to friends. Mm -hmm. I connected uh, some friends with Rob um, it's been, it, it was a huge hit and, and a little surprising to me. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it, it is, it is funny. Cause I think a majority of our podcast is really around sort of like 
strategy around uh, investing or taxes or protection planning or sort of, you know, retirement, uh, that sort of thing. And to have one on that was less about like investment in, in watches, right? Yeah. It was way more about like how to build a relationship in something that you want. And you could tell like how passionate Rob was about timepieces and watches and just, you know, the way to look at them and how to build a collection if that's something that's interesting to you. So yeah, it was definitely a, a pleasant surprise that it was the most popular one of 2023. But um, similarly, like I've been sending him, you know, a ton of people and sending the podcast to a bunch of folks that are, you know, you wouldn't think are interested in having right, a timepiece yeah. or a watch, but they're like, you know, they're, they're, they're into it. So it's, it, for some reason, it seems to be kind of like a privately held secret a little bit. I don't well, know. Some, some, some big numbers, you know, yeah. thrown around for, for that. And especially if you call it a timepiece, you know, you're, you're really into watches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I'm still not there. I'm calling it a watch for okay. sure. I'm still calling it a watch, but, but listen, it, it has been, it's been a really cool experience thus far. 10,000 downloads, a really nice milestone all time. Um, it's been awesome to kind of have you on and, and us to do this together over the last year for sure. Um, want to, uh, excited for, for what's to come and, and, um, and yeah, any, any last words as we wrap up 2023 here? So I just want to shout out a, a couple of, a couple of ones that I really love that yeah, were yeah. on the top three all time. And that's, and this good, year. that's a good point. Yeah, let's do that. One of them was, uh, I forget the name of it, but it was, uh, we had Chalmers brothers on to talk about his book. Uh, I'm holding it here. Leadership, excellent language and the pursuit of leadership, leadership, excellence is, uh, as I said on the podcast, probably the the best book I've ever read on leadership, communication, language. The book itself is awesome. He's awesome. I, I got a ton of value out of that conversation and, and probably my number one for the year that was just so just awesome for us to do was uh, the Wade Fow yeah. conversation, retirement income planning conversation. I mean, Wade, Wade is just awesome. He's, 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 he's a, a, he's a rock star. He's a rock star in, in our eyes for sure. Yeah. And, you know, that's another one where I, I pass that podcast on mm -hmm. to, to many people and always get a ton of very positive response of just never thought of that. Right. And so it's just opening people's minds to just conversation strategies that have never are, are not prevalent in, in popular media. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, having, having, so, so the Wade Fowl podcast is decreasing investment loss during retirement with Dr. Wade Fowl. So anybody that wants to go onto our podcast site, that's the title of it. For me, you know, a lot of Wade's concepts are things that we've been using for years, right? And it's all economic and fact-based. There's yeah. no like, there's no anecdotes. It's not hearsay. It's not, you know, what old adages. It is just, here's what is true based off of economic principles, right? Um, and I think for me, that's the only place to live whenever we're giving advice to clients, right? It's, you know, it's got to be fact-based. It's got to be based on economics and not opinion. And I think that's one of the things that he does really well. So I totally agree. I think that was one of my favorites. I think for me, one that was surprising when I looked back at it was the conversation that we had with Russ on how mm -hmm. to raise responsible, good kids in a house of of where they're in a home where they're not going to sort of want for anything, right. Yeah. Or need, need for anything, excuse me. Right. So, you know, and just his approach to raising his three kids and how you instill values when they know that, you know, they're not going to have to worry about how they're paying for bills. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. and for me, 
but you know, as as we're you know, me is about to turn two here. We're we're sort of looking at this and saying, you know, she's now becoming a little person, and how do I make sure that you know I raise her in a way that she's not completely spoiled? You know, I was texting Russ last night, and I sent him a funny picture because she gave me like this hilarious face, and Russ is like, you know, dude, she, you, you what do you expect? You gave her, you know, like a Q8 little car for Christmas last year that she's driving around. And I was like, by the way, she has two of them because my brother-in-law oh my gave her God. one too, you know? So you posted um, a picture on Instagram yesterday yeah. drinking a $17 smoothie. Yeah, smoothie, right? <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like, how do, how do we give these kids, you know, yeah. what we want to give them, not what they need, but what right. we want to give them. And, and sort of that, that for me was a, was a big one. And, and I've learned so much from, from Russ over the years and in, in our conversations, but that was, that was big. I totally yeah. agree. I, I referenced that one all the time. I actually sent that, episode to Lori, my wife, yeah, uh, which she doesn't listen to this podcast, but uh, she, she enjoyed that one. And we actually, you know, we had a really great productive conversation about how we want to raise our kids and what steps we can do to make sure that, you know, they're not spoiled little kids, even though they're going to grow up in a, and not want for anything. Like you yeah. said, they've got lots of toys. Um, but you know, we're going to make sure that they're doing their chores. They, they're going to get jobs as soon as, you know, as soon as they're able to, they're still a little young, but so many great insights into that one. I, re I really like that one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, again, to, to you, the listening audience, we really, really appreciate you being loyal to us and, and uh, for subscribing. Please continue to do so. Pass us on to those that you think will get some value from it. Um, we're really excited to continue to provide you some content and make sure you reach out to us if there's something you want to learn about or have us discuss on the podcast that we haven't yet or something you want us to expand on. You know, we're happy to do so. And this is for you. So, you know, let us know if you want us to do something a little different. Yeah. Check out our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn. We're all over the place. All over the place. <laughs> well, Evan, man, it was uh, it's been a great time this year. And, and I'm excited to continue to partner with you on this. And uh, again, to you, the listening audience, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Style Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This podcast is intended for general public use and for informational purposes only. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Yvonne Watanabe and Evan Wool are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Yvonne's California Insurance License Number 0H44206. Evans California Insurance License Number 0H04936. Compliance Approval 2024-167279 expires January 2026.